Welcome to the Trash Cats Trash Cast. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. And today we're going to get emotional and talk about our feelings. Love, much like hate, it's ravenous and passionate, yet sometimes subtle. And we're here to tell you everything two experts could ever know about the philosophy of love. Oh, shit. But first, Steven, how was your week? Uh, it's been okay. Just working a lot. Uh, finally starting to get used to the schedule, getting in a better routine. Um, got a little art done, some pod stuff. Did have this uh, weird thing we were talking about right before my eye got infected. And it's been kind of weird. So I've been looking up urgent cares, but I think it's uh, I think it's chilling out. I don't think I have sepsis. So all, all good on this end. Yeah, that's always a good, it's always a good start. What like about actually, yours? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I got I got me another kidney stone, um, and that's been wrecking my week so far. Um, I feel like absolute hell. So if you hear me um, kind of jostling around in my seat or something throughout the show, like that's just me. I'm just trying to just suffering. get comfortable because yeah, <laughs> just su- uh, just suffering, you know. Yeah, but you know, just just living it and loving it, Li- yeah. living, laughing, and loving it. <laughs> you look like um, you're three days out of a bender. <laughs> the sweats are coming on. <laughs> the um, actually, that re- you said something about going to an urgent care that does remind me. I have uh, I have to get my uh, tetanus shot in the next year. I have not had one of those since I was a kid, and I've been stabbed by so many rusty things. And every time it happens, That's I'm like, up, Steven. oh, shit. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a panic right away. Well, still, I'm not chancing it. How did you know you needed it again? It's every seven years, and I got my last one when I was 23. And I remember thinking to myself, That's really easy to remember because I won't need another one till I'm 30. <laughs> and now I'll be fucking 30. Get ready. As soon yeah. as you get that shot, you can just start pushing your hand through any rusty nail you want. Mm-hmm. Invincible to rusty nails. Oh, yeah. That's how that works. <laughs> um, so, honorable mentions this week. Um, yeah. Because we're both, we both been kind of sick and feel shitty. Uh, we didn't get any together. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to switch it up a little bit. Just uh try to keep uh new listeners engaged we're gonna start putting the honorables at the end and then this week we um both just kind of been shitty so <laughs> next week we're kicking off a little bit of a new format it'll be cool you get no honorable mentions and you're gonna like it fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> so let's just dive right on into it love encompasses a range of strong and positive emotional and mental states from the most sublime virtue or good habit the deepest interpersonal affection, to the simplest pleasure. An example of this range of meanings is that the love for a mother differs from the love of a spouse, which differs from the love of food. But most commonly, love refers to the feeling of strong attraction and emotional detachment. Love is considered to be both positive and negative, with its virtue representing human kindness, compassion, and affection, as the unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of another, and its vice representing moral flaw akin to vanity, selfishness, and egotism, and potentially leading people into a type of mania, obsessiveness, or codependency. And they also describe compassionate and affectionate actions towards other humans, oneself, or animals. In its various forms, love acts as a major facilitator of interpersonal relationships, and owning to its central psychological importance one of the most common themes in the creative arts. 
Mm. Love has been postulated to be a function that keeps human beings together against menaces and to facilitate the continuation of the species. Definitely. Ancient Greek philosophers identified six forms of love. Essentially, familial love, which in Greek is storage. Friendly love or platonic love, which is philia. Romantic love, which is eros. Self-love, philantria. Guest love, xenia. And divine love, agape. Modern authors have distinguished further varieties of love. Unrequited love, empty love, companionate love, consummate love, infatuated love, self-love, and courtly love. Numerous cultures have also distinguished other variants that are currently lacking in the English language. Scientific research on emotion has increased significantly over the past two decades. The color wheel theory of love defines three primary, three secondary, and nine tertiary love styles, (laughs) describing them in terms of the traditional color wheel. The triangular theory of love suggests that intimacy, passion, and commitment are core components of love. Love has additional religious and spiritual meaning. The diversity of uses and meanings combined with the complexity of the feelings involved makes love unusually difficult to consistently define compared to other emotional states. That was very pleasant to listen to you read. Thank you. I I didn't think I would enjoy just hearing someone read about love stuff that much. That was very pleasant. I enjoyed that. I think it's well put. So there was a lot there to digest. That one of the first things, this is just totally random. Um, talking about the difference between like a mother loving a child and the love of food. Like when you see animals that like mother mother animals that eat their young, that is very wild. Like that that yeah. breaks the rule like the rule of love compared to so many other forms of it. Um, it's very intriguing. But what what are like looking at the different forms of love or different different ways to express that? Like if you had to narrow down like what you love the most or or the way you like what what would be your true loves in life? Um, right now, my my truest love, the thing that I really am thankful for is any time that I don't have a kidney stone. <laughs> can't love a negative <laughs> you love yourself that much i sure do <laughs> we all should though. that's the thing yeah. is it's always expressed as like uh the things we should love outside of ourselves but in so many ways it's a self-defense mechanism to to, to keep us in the world to uh pass on our our dna we're, we're meant to love ourselves also yeah and i i feel like it's um it's a weird relationship with me and me. Um, Definitely. I, uh, my confidence and my, my, like my self-esteem has never been like high. Yeah. Um, I feel that. but it's, I feel like it's also a lot more than other people that I've met that I for sure, like don't have like, um, a, at least a familiarity with themselves. Yeah. I feel like I'm very familiar with myself and I understand myself. You're comfortable with yeah. who you are. But it, it is very weird. I mean, this podcasting in general is probably um, the most we've exposed ourselves 
Oh, yeah. In many ways. Like, we both have done art all our lives, but in a way, there's... Like, I do consider my art, like, an extension of myself. Like, I I do care more what somebody thinks about the things I've made than they think about me directly in a lot of ways. But it's still any judgment or, like, even hatred, whatever. Um, There's a certain amount of deflection towards what I've made uh, against myself directly. And, you know, something like the nature of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable with a podcast or whatever like just people who do videos of themselves it it is a tricky thing you have to love yourself a certain amount or it's going to be a very abrasive vulnerable experience yeah i definitely thought going into this that i was going to hate listening to it a lot more same than i do yeah i mean i still there's times where it's like oh fuck like it's so easy to be harsh you know but on yourself but it Still, I've found it more enjoyable than I thought I would. And there's there's definitely, a, I, I don't know, there's a reflection of uh, how we feel about ourselves. I've always said about myself that, like, I, I don't feel, like, uh, a ton of love towards myself. But I, I, I hold hatred for the world and not myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, I'm, I'm pretty cool with who I am, but I'm not, uh, I don't always feel that way because of, you know, the environment or life that we live kind of thing. Yeah. So what what would you pinpoint? I, I think you probably are the same as me in the sense, like uh, when I, I think of true loves, I think of people. I do think of myself to, to a degree, but that's probably like the last like thing that comes up. But I think of. Yeah, it's my, my family and the, or the, you know, the people that are close to me. Yeah. And, and chosen family. Yeah. Yeah. I think of making stuff though. Like that, that holds like, honestly, when, if somebody asks me what I love, it's like people's the first thought, but like, it's such a, like, you know, cliche go to answer. Like everybody feels that way. The first thing that I feel passionately about is making stuff. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, ah, I do love people more, but it's a, I don't know. We're meant to do things, and if we can enjoy it, that's that's even better. But it's about what what we get out of it or what what we give from it, kind of yeah. thing. So I, we're both both creators. But why why is our why do, why do you feel like um like the passion or love, whether it's to people or to things you're doing, what level? Of, value or importance do you put on that how important is is love in general to you are you asking me that question yeah okay i didn't know if that was uh no just poorly worded theoretical (laughs) (laughs) um um i mean i I think it's critical it's 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 a huge motivation for me um i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna waste my time doing something unless it's like if it's something that i am going to benefit from that's one thing if it's if i'm not benefiting from it at all then someone i love has to be benefiting from it i mean and i mean i've done charitable shit before or whatever but most of the time i'm not put in a lot of situations like that where it's like you know like like the biggest thing i can think of is like all winter long i i help people like get their fucking car up out of the snow yeah 
You know, when you see someone that's like stuck, it's like you've been there, you know, whatever. So you pull over and you try to help them out or whatever. And it's like, that's, I'm putting in effort, um, despite not gaining anything out of it other than the sense of satisfaction for. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. So to me, I would think of that, um, even to a stranger, like as an act of love or like, uh, compassion, but where, where's, yeah. where's the line, uh, with either actions or relationships from, um, like casual friend to love one or compassion to like, I don't know what he called the act of doing something out of love. Is there a better um, there word was a for, thing that? for that? Um, um, in the thing I just read, if you were to fucking pay attention to it, Steven, <laughs> um, I feel like there should be a really good word for doing something purely out of love. There, I'm sure there's like a weird word, but we don't, I don't know. It doesn't enter our vocabulary. This Com- companionate love or, yeah, um, but you'd think pl- platonic love, I guess, kind of that's more, there's, friend. there's more in like the, um, Shit. the love languages thing, but you'd think like with the importance like mankind puts on love, that there would be some sort of verb in the English language that directly meant doing something out of love. You um, know? yeah. It, so in the, the, the five love languages thing, which we'll talk about more later, they, uh, one of the things is acts of service. And it's like, that's when you, though, than what I'm, yeah, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like when you mow the lawn or when you, you know, do the laundry or something like that. And it's like, some people see that as like, I'm doing this so they don't have to out of an act of love. I'm yeah. doing this for them out of an act of love. Def, like, that's what doing chores for a significant other is, right? But yeah. I, I wish there was a better word for like, um, I don't know, sacrifice is like the closest thing I can think to it. You know, like you yeah. don't make a sacrifice typically unless you love the person. But there should be a good word for that. All right. Um, Importance of relationships. Um, as a general thing or as like just to us? Uh, either way, just with love. Where where does where does the value of relationships land with you or with with people in general, you think? So I mean, first I want to go like even like outside of love, building relationships with you know, um, you know, even like my customers or different vendors and different like people I work with, having those relationships, those contacts that I can call on is so critical to me in my head. Really? Um, oh, yeah. It's like even like the cu- customer thing, like I really try like from the get go to like remember customers names and some of them are easier to remember than others. But can I point something um, out? Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to think of things as really like focused on true love and yeah and the thought but what what i liked about what you said is how you think of um what would be almost npcs in my train of thought like the, right the, yeah. the secondary characters in your book right of your yeah. life like in the past we've talked about everyone in the same hallway yeah right for yeah. you like your world for you feel everyone's in the same hallway and that these people that may be a smaller portion of your life, like they're not strangers, but they're not like, uh, 
the lead characters that you're yeah. in love yeah. with or have a loving relationship with. You I, still I know, feel. I know two connection. things about them. I know their name, and I know what they what they usually order. Do you feel like on you, Saturdays at the barber's market? <laughs> do you feel like you can have love for them? Because I I can't feel I, that. I definitely can because I've had that before. Um, and it's, you know, it's a companionate love. It's a, you know, a, a platonic love. Yeah. But there's, there's definitely been, um, especially at my, my last restaurant, um, we had people that would come in like every day or, you know, like every other day they'd be there. But and we knew exactly their, their usual orders. Sometimes they mix up a couple things, but the usual, like we, we knew their preferences. We knew what they liked. We had, you know, they had their shit unlocked. Um, and some of them, um, I grew to be really fond of, um, to where like, there's one woman that was, she was like in her eighties or something and she was just off the fucking wall, but she would come in and she was dancing to the music in the, the lobby and like never been in there before. And she like, we ended up talking for like two hours and then she had to go to some appointment for something, a haircut or something. And she came back and I, she was like, just make me like, whatever. And so that's usually how it would go. She would call up, and if I was there, she would just have, you know, just have me make something for her. But and you, I came to find what she likes. So I like, you know, sharing a bunch of recipes with her and stuff like that because I just enjoyed her company. But that's like uh, you're building a relationship with that person. Do you feel like you can like love a stranger with, mm. without having like I, I get what you mean. Like there's, I think of man. I remember spending the night in. Uh, in Washington Park downtown, like back in the day, like more than once, but I remember one time in particular, like by, by choice. Yeah, I had a desperate choice, but I, had a choice. <laughs> but I remember uh, just chilling all night with some crazy lady I had met, and uh, I had seen her around since that, and she didn't remember me, even though we spent all these hours together just waiting around. But like, I had a sense of love camaraderie whatever like i can feel it with people that i build some sort of rapport relationship with but i and i can feel empathy towards groups of strangers but i i can't feel love towards a stranger um i would so in my experience is the closest i usually get to that is like um you know that moment where it clicks in your head when you meet someone for the first time and there's like a either something they say or the way they react to something that you say that's mm -hmm. like oh this person's cool we're gonna be friends yeah we're on like the we, same i can be friends with this person we click um yeah yeah um and i meet a lot of people like that that i don't get to spend more time with because they're just customers that come up and get their shit and then they leave and you know it's not you know like in a front usually you know like we talk a little bit while they're there about you goofy shit and then they go about their day but that's the closest thing I have to that is like I look forward to seeing those people. Like one of the things that I enjoy about my job is like seeing the regular people and like hoping that they come back. So I got two questions. Yeah. So do you feel like like you obviously put a lot of value on that, the, those like relationships, even though they're small, you feel some sort of connection of compassion, love, whatever. Right? Can you feel that towards someone on the other side of the world, with without knowing anything about them? Like, can you, you love people? No, with, no. I mean, it's not saying that it's not it's possible, but I just, just don't, I don't. Way harder, right? Yeah, yeah. It's they're it's like they're they're not real. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it's just no shared experience. God, this yeah. sounds so shitty. It sounds like genocide shit, but it's like yeah, but no, it, it's 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 real, and it's it's, yeah. it's understandable in that way of how people think that way when they're confronted with that same concept of like right they you know it's 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 such a like literally a foreign thing but it's like it's not it's not even a real you know a place or a real person or a real concept of you know these people in another country that need help or whatever anything like that that so i i can understand how people reach that yeah like i feel like um maybe not saying it's right of course but i understand it yeah like i i see how with myself and maybe maybe the you to an extent but definitely with myself i just don't want to speak for you but like i could see how like lack of love towards someone you don't know can very easily um for altruistic purposes or very manipulated reasons be like turn from love to hate just like the lack of sharing a bond like there's a lot of room for i don't know for for i don't know do you know what i'm saying i think so like if all your life you're fed a certain kind of propaganda ish kind of thing like yeah. this is what you come to understand about these people in this place and even if you meet someone from there and they're not that way, you know, it doesn't matter because. Well, I think, I think if you have like any bond of love towards that stranger, like, like you were saying, I think it can, um, like cut through a lot of that, but like just, just the have like the not having love to a person or group of people makes it really easy for shirts like, coming off boys. <laughs> hell yeah that's too fucking hot in here dude it's hot in here too but it makes it easy for like the negative shit to creep in so like yeah yeah i can agree with that where you put value on small relationships so how how it's i guess my second question was I feel like you're more solitary in a lot of ways than me, but I think you put um, more, at least in the sense of like overall relationships, I feel like you put more importance on. I feel like I'm very focused on um, a small number in a way, but I feel like you're more open. So like, how, how does that meet up with being, being okay with space from people? You know what I mean? So I think for me, a lot of it is when, because I'm a, a very solitary kind of person, when I meet someone that I do like, or that I can at least get along with, it sticks out for me. I feel like there's, you know, and we've talked about that before, where like yeah. so much of the, you know, I think of people as usually being shitty, or at least if they're not shitty, then, you know, I think most people are stupid. Um, yeah. I feel like so, and I don't think that's abnormal. I know in our conversations, I feel the same way, but I think I land on 50 50. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, so when, when I'm, I guess I seek that out when I'm, when I'm out, and it's different also because most of the time I'm out is when I'm in the role of when I'm at work, you know, and I have the role of, 
you know, my customer service face. And I'm really good at it. Um, and most of the time I don't, you know, I don't give a fuck about these people. I just want to get their orders and make their food. Um, but you know, you do meet people sometimes that are like, you know, they tip really well and they actually ask like, like one of my favorite things is when, when you say, uh, uh, how you doing today? How, you know, how's your day been? They say, I'll have the acai bowl. And you're like, okay, cool. I guess fuck me then. (laughs) You know, just... How's everything going today? See, I'm going to have a smoothie. Dude, it's like, dude, all right, cool. Got it. That's like the perfect example, right? So you didn't know someone, right? And you, you, you're you open to the, the form of love, this, this relationship with them, even in the smallest sense, right? Yeah. Complete strangers, but you're open to it. And like that one thing that like turn that they, they shun you in that sense, to me, that's where like I see it. For myself, at least, it's so easy for that possibility of love to turn, like, right to hatred. And it's hard to always be open when, like, you've been burnt, you know? When – so today was the closest I've come to that in a long time. And it was because I was in a lot of pain (laughs) while I was at work. And it was, like, right at the end of the day. I was the last customer I had today. Yeah. And it was this girl and this guy that came up and they said, you know, they ordered one thing. And then I started making it for them. They said, oh, actually, can we get this thing instead? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. So I, you know, emptied sure. the thing out. And I like, yeah. I hadn't gotten that far into it. And then I started making the other thing. And they, they stopped me. And they're like, hey, does that have this in it? And it's like Go the it. menu is right there. It's like got all the ingredients on it. Like, like we have one thing. We have like the hard ice cream bowls. And they saw the, the acai one. And they, they first they ordered that. And they ordered another one. And then they were like, oh, wait, does that one have acai in it? Like, no, only the acai bowl has acai in it. And they're like, <laughs> it's a fun oh, word, though. <laughs> can I have, can I have the other one? Can I have the acai bowl then? I'm sorry. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I didn't even, like, I tried not to even respond to it too much. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. And, you know, I turned around real quick so I could, like, not show it in my face and I, I, w- I wasn't telling people that I had a you know I was fucking sick too because that doesn't not sick but you know what I mean that also doesn't look good yeah but I I think probably could have milked it for tips <laughs> I don't think that was the best example <laughs> no but you know but, that's- but I do think what uh I think there's something very important to the like the the bullshit hurt people hurt hurt people kind of thing like when you're in pain yes. emotional or mental it completely warps perception right yes of, of an inner of openness to others to love relationships all that shit it, it's uh just like when your nerves are burnt like that every everything it goes through a different lens yeah, when your your mind is so focused on something else, trying to keep your shit together inside, and then you have to um, tend to the need of of others. Yeah, stress, stress or pain in a or relationship. Or even if you don't have yeah. to, you feel like you have to. Yeah. So high value. Oh, uh, let's say, uh, to sum it up for you, there's uh like a base level of love you're looking for in people in general, in humanity, but the more intimate relationships, whether they're family, 
close friends, whatever, those are obviously high value tickets. Yes. So where where does um where where are the distinctions or differences between like romantic and friend relationships or just romantic like love I don't know. They're 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 different. You love someone yeah, as a partner. It's, it's, it's different than any other relationship. Yeah, and it's different person to person too. Like I understand, yeah. like they have the like the unrequited love or the companionate love or you know courtly love yeah. and stuff like that. It's like I don't a, get that. That's not to be confused with Courtney Love, but <laughs> she um, killed him. <laughs> yeah, she killed him. Uh, the so it's like. You know, uh, you think about it when you're in re- when you first start a relationship and you get, you know, it's exciting and you, you know, it's kind of like a puppy love kind of thing and it's exciting and new and fresh and, um, and then, you know, ideally it stays that way for, you know, a decent amount of time, but it's, it's still, it, it evolves and then grows in the, you know, more, it's something different. So like that courtly love, like when you're dating someone, that's um, more fun. Yeah. Like, I it's mean, got yeah. a higher vibration in the sense of, like, it's happier. There's, like, a little giddiness, nervousness to it. I think it's a more fun period, but it's it's a lot shallower, or less yeah. deep than that. And, it, and it, be, it can become a lot, you know, it's a lot of stress. Definitely. You know, um, it's a lot of, you know, f- uncertainty. Um, That's I think, the perfect uh, word for it. So... When when it becomes more solid and understood, you know, you can communicate to each other better about how you feel and, you know, what it means to the two of you. And like that's when it can start to become, you know, a real loving relationship. So I, I, I firmly believe that the one of the cornerstones of, of love is is open communication. And that if you're if you're open with each other. That, that will help you. Yeah, it would help you to, to flourish your yeah. relationship. So do you think, I, I think a lot of people think this, and I guess I'm asking the same to you. Do you think um, romantic relationships are more of a, like a, like a form of more true love than most other love? Like, do you, do you find the love at its most pure in that significant other in a relationship when you passionately love someone or in friendship or in fam, like where, where does, you know, I've thought about that before and it's I, tricky. It's, it is. And I, I think that's why it's so important to separate them because it really is. It's like, how do you make that choice? If you have someone that you plan on spending the rest of your life with, you know, like how do you compare that relationship with, you know, you're with with the family member. Yeah, you know, that's how do you, hard. You yeah. know, like if you had to choose, kind of thing. Like that's fucking. It's it's stupid. It shouldn't work. You know, of course, it doesn't work like that. But it's gun to your head. Joker's gonna blow up the other ship. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, and it's and I guess hard. in some in yeah. some cases, you know, people do face that. I'm I'm sure, like you know, if it's not. You know, the family's shitty to the person they love or whatever, which, you know. Yeah, well, there's like a a constant pick, um, like 
whether it's between your fan time with your family, time with your your girlfriend, or time with your girlfriend, time with your friend, whatever relationship yeah. it is, sub sub in whatever. Like you're constantly picking um, between like a hierarchy of relationships, choosing how much love you put into which. It's yeah, that's a that's how, that's, how much how much energy that you have and, to to distribute. Yeah, and you. To your earlier point, I do think you definitely got to be friends with that significant other. It's like, huge. It's a, it's the it's the I think it's the number one thing that people fuck up is they don't right start as friends first or try to build yeah, something as a, a as a friendship. Yeah, I don't know if it has to start, but like you, it, it has to build into yeah. something more. It has yeah. to be someone that you want to spend time with, and that, and someone also that can understand because they they do love you, and they you know they want to see you happy. That can understand that, like when you're like, "Hey, I need some introvert time right now," or "I need you know some time to like work on my art." Or, I need some time alone to that's like you know communication whatever. shit. Yeah, and, you know, like dude, like one of my favorite things is you know being with people, whether it's friends or you know people I love or whatever that are you know. Like when we work on artwork or something, like I just like to have music on and just mm-hmm. go for it. I don't yeah. want to talk right. the whole time. I just want to go. Yeah. Same. So like we can be in the same room and you can read or you can do whatever. But don't. But like I I need me. that time. And it's like having that person around is great. Yeah. But what I don't need is what I don't want is like that in, is the back and forth interaction, dude. Hundred percent in that moment. Yeah, hundred percent, and that's all communication shit because that's shit you can figure out it can add to the experience to have that that person around but there you have to draw those boundaries and communicate them them well um and and you know it's one of those things that like if they love you too like you know like that then it's then they'll they'll adapt to that even if it's a newer concept to them or something that they're not used to like they'll work with you if you communicate dude i i know in the past uh, I mean, I was off the rails in general, but as I've gotten older, no shit. <laughs> I I I feel like I still struggle with it at times, but I'm pretty good at telling, like telling Sarah, like um, I'm either too depressed to be around someone right now, or I need to work on art and I, I can't talk, or I'm gonna freak out. Or the big one for me is like, hey, I love you, but I'm too angry to be around anyone because like. If if you don't communicate that and you try to like push through it, you start like putting that anger on the other person. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it can sound shitty to be like, "Hey, I need you to leave the room for a while," but it's like communicating that is so much better than not communicating. It. Right. Exactly. Right. So what what do you like? I know in the past for me, I was in so many long term codependent relationships, and I put. I put like the value for me was on romantic relationships as like the most intense. And then like friendship for me was like all about like brotherhood. Like, you know, we've been like brothers forever, but like, yeah, I put a ton of value on like the extreme form of bonding in friendship. You know, like I think because of things you know, friends in the past shit I went through, like it was hard for me to have like a normal relationship, romantic or friendship that wasn't like bonded by something heavy. Yeah. 
And that, yeah. that definitely became a problem for me. So where, where do you put like, uh, where's your stock go into either back then or now? Like, um, I would say usually my, my energy goes to my, the romantic love scenario. I think it's kind of natural. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very normal. Um, and then when I'm not in a relationship, it goes towards my work. (laughs) (laughs) Skip the whole friend route. (laughs) Yeah. Skip everyone else. No, I mean, like, obviously, you know, I spend time with my friends and family, but it's, it's, I really do. I, I, I've come to terms with the fact that I, I self involved with work so much that. Why though, man? I don't know. I, I really, I enjoy it. It's a part of what makes me who I am. You put a, a lot of pride into that area of you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I don't know if you need to put as much. And I, I've been learning that lately, for sure, that like my, I've been going really hard at it for the last, you know, 12 years, but like I can, I can cool my jets a little bit. I I'm see. at a point where I can yeah. kind of calm down, especially with my current job situation. I feel like I'm, I'm in a stable enough place where I can, that's not, you know, calling me every day. Like, Hey, we need you to come in tomorrow. We need you to come in early. You know how you had a, a schedule. Fuck that whole schedule. Here's, you know, we need you to come in. Yeah. And shit. yeah. I've always admired your, your work ethic with that, but like I, not not even just you. I see it with a lot of my closer friends that that are like uh, they put a lot of their energy into work, and uh, you know I I'm like delayed with everything. I do everything I'm supposed to five years after everybody else, right? <laughs> so like I get the importance of putting it into work like that, but I also feel like uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things people miss and I I do see it in you in the sense like uh this newer job where you have more of that freedom. I see that you're able to put more energy into whether it's people you love or things you love and it and it seems like you just seem a lot happier that way. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. That's true. When I have time that I can invest in the things I love, then that do what you love and fuck yeah. the rest. I'm not. I'm not used to it, which is sad. <laughs> that that's kind of, I guess, what I was. Yeah. Sa- saying not not that I think it's sad of you, but I. Oh, just, I do. I, I absolutely do. I think. I mean, it's not that I regret anything from the last, you know, ten, twelve years of yeah. my life, but I I definitely feel like it's. Do you feel it's, freer? <sighs> now I do. Yes, of yeah. course. Um, I feel like. You know, it's one of those um, great highs give way to extreme lows kind of thing or whatever otherwise. Kind of so, like, like all the time I spent like deep into that and focus on that made me a stronger and better definitely. and more diligent, you know, as a, especially as a chef, but as a, you know, worker also like I'm very proud of my work ethic in that regard, but like kind of more because I spent all that time now that I'm like backing away from it, it's like. Oh shit! Like I'm like I'm like I'm free floating. Yeah, you almost have to like go through a little grief period of mourning kind of deal. Yeah. One one of my closest buddies that I do the pools with. I don't know. If, I kind of doubt he'll ever hear this, but if he does, I love you, buddy. But he he talks about it all the time. He he did this job that he worked his fucking ass off in the sun for thirty years, and um, 
he just got screwed over by so many people and it just never led to what he wanted. And I think he's bitter that he doesn't have as much to show for it or just that he put so much of that time and energy into something he didn't. I, he loved parts of it, but it was he lost out on other forms of love. That's, yeah. That's, that's, I don't know. I think that's regret or bitterness. That's that's a hard thing to, to mourn. It is. It really is. It's time. Yeah. So, romantic relationships, very important. What about, uh, like, trust, commitment in love? Like, uh, is, is that difficult, easy to believe in the idea of, like, um, committing long-term to someone that way? That's, that's mostly the relationships that I try to go, that I've, that I've been in in the past, is, like, longer-term relationships. And, like, I, I, I honestly feel, like, you know, obviously, if there's no trust, there's not a relationship. Yeah. Not if a there's a lack of trust, then, like, if you don't take the time to, like, address it and repair it, then, and, you know, easier said than done, but. So how about this? Do you believe in the idea of uh, of a soulmate, quote unquote, like a one person you're meant to be with kind of deal? Um, Like, do you think love is know. unique or um, built kind of thing? A little column A, a little column B. Yeah. You know, I, I, the soulmate thing, it's like, it sounds ideal. It sounds, we're, it's one oh, of those. We're the worst. What if you never find well, the fucker? I mean, true. But then, you know, that's, you're settling, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what most people do anyway. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I think, I think we can learn to love almost anyone. Like, I, I really don't believe um, you're meant to be with any specific person. I think it's, right. like, yeah. broad expanses of people you could be with forever. And some people are way more likely to be a good fit, but you learn to love someone, you know? Yeah. I've I've actually I've met and known people that have been in arranged marriages for, like, that's 30 crazy. plus years. Where the fuck did you meet that? Well, it's uh, Indian people that I've met. It's, it's like quite common this, in India. So, like, one work, of Yeah, like, but through like, work or what? Um, my boss in Canada, um, his name was Prem, and he is, we were talking about his, his kids and his wife and stuff like that. I was like, oh, you know, this is saying they, they, this is their 30th anniversary coming up and something else. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, how long, you know, uh, how long have you known her? He's like, or, He's talking about when he when he met her. I was like, I'm like, well, when did you meet her? And he was like, oh, on my on our wedding day. That's fuck. Like the day before our wedding. I was like, oh shit. Um, and I I've had friends that I went to school with there that did the same thing. And when we went we went to India, there were some of them that told us that they had an arranged marriage, and it's just very normal there. And a lot of them end up working out really well. Yeah, that which is which is really wild to me. It's a high success rate. I think it's even a higher rate than a typical American marriage, like divorce separation rate. I mean, it's a that's got to be a hard thing to get like true good data on, but it seems like it works well for a lot of people, and I think that speaks to like 
learning to love a person. I do think like, I mean, it's a whole different thing, but arranged marriages, I think are super fucked up, but there's also a whole cultural element to it that we, I don't know if I can fully understand or definitely yeah. am not qualified to speak on, but yeah, Sam, it's one of those, it's like, it's so f- literally foreign to us. It's so such a strange alien concept to us. There's but, just a potential for so many abusive things. Yeah, and that definitely does happen, too. Um, yes. At least, I'm sure it's not always easy to get out of, but I know um, I've heard stories of that where, like, they get out of it and because it's, like, it's an abusive thing or it just doesn't work out and it's... So that's, that's a scary concept. It is. It's really weird. So where do you land with marriage in general? I think, I mean, I, it's for me, marriage is like, it's only weird because the government's involved yeah. and I get like, it makes sense to have a tax break on your shit. If you're sure. acting as a unit your insurance. Yeah. Whatever. You know, um, but it's, uh, I don't know. I'm not against the idea of marriage. I just never really saw myself getting married. Yeah, I've, I feel I'm, I'm definitely with you on the importance of long-term and committed relationships. To me, that's very important. Um, not against other people getting married at yeah, all. Yeah, if other people want to get married, that's totally fine. I, I mean, just, I feel like it's a, it's, a, it's a step you take to like solidify a thing. But where I always stopped at was like, it's such a sterile, weird way of looking at it, I think, also. But it's like, if the relationship is good as it is, why, why you know, it's not broke, don't fix it? I think that's how I feel. But I think for typically one half of the relationship, they really want that um, that social sign of long-term commitment. And I, yeah. I feel strongly like that if you love the person, like that those things shouldn't matter. But um, I, I feel very strongly that it is in our nature not to just love one person forever. Yeah. Or, or just maybe, maybe not word it that way. Not to love I, only one person forever. I yeah, I understand what you meant. Yeah. Um, you know, and also, you know, a, a lifetime, you know, with somebody a long time ago, you know, fuck, people didn't live past, you know, in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you got people living, you know, up to 100 and shit, and it's like, eh, 25 live. years is a life sentence, dog. All right, get to live to see all the wrinkles. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel pretty strongly, like, marriage is something... It's like the stupid. You love someone so much to make the stupidest decision possible. Yeah, but I I think it's so romantic, and I would want to love someone lifelong. I just don't like the idea of the social aspect of it, and I really don't like. I mean, it's a separate thing, but the the religion aspect of it is a whole nother. Yeah, that's super weird to me. Yeah, and then like people like I, I. very much support anyone else getting married, making that commitment. But I do think it's kind of weird as a general thing when non-religious people get married in a church. And then like, yeah, like just cause it's the thing of, to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, or like you want some family members to think you're religious, or you just always imagined it in a church, and you have this fucking priest there that you you never see on Sundays. It, that part of it, like, I don't like. I have a, a family member getting married this week, and since COVID, I haven't seen anyone on that on either side of the family. It's been because I was <laughs> not available for a little while before. Uh, COVID and stuff. So it's been like three and a half years since I've seen anyone. And I was like, I am not showing up to this fucking wedding. <laughs> like, I don't fucking know you and it's at a church. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think there's also, there's a huge thing about, you know, like found family. There's, I think it's instilled in a lot of us the whole, yeah. like, oh, they're family. You don't have to like them, but you do have to love them. Like, oh, yeah, that's, no, fuck Not that, really. that's stupid. Yeah, I kind of don't have to love these people, I don't know them. <laughs> I don't know these fucking people. <laughs> right. Dude, I'm glad you said that. So I had, uh, like, different groups in my life where, like, I was super lost and I would call these people my family. And then, like, later you realize, like, those people were not my family at all. It was weird we even called each other that. And, like, now that I'm, I see it differently, like... I don't really, I really don't like when a stranger like calls you brother or something like that. Oh, I'm really bad about that. I, I kind of noticed, but I don't think it's like, <laughs> I think that's kind of just a me quirk. I mean, cause it would never bother me for me, obviously. But like if a stranger I don't know calls me that, there's too much presumption for me. But what I think is really weird is like, um, let's just say like a reality show or some like, like a, a thing with coworkers at work when they're like, we're a family, you know? Like, Oh God. Yeah. Dude, that makes me like, want to be like, well, you know what? I'm about to kill my family. Cause yeah, like, you. like you're not my family. <laughs> the, the whole it's it was like a, it's like an inside joke in the restaurant community that there are so many <laughs> managers and owners that do that. I um, bet. I and bet. it's salty because I actually, I really felt like that in my last, my last job because it was just like me and four other people yeah and like that's tight we would you know like talk to each other and grieve with each other and and you know like open up to each other and i it, it really did feel like i could say that and it was like i i know i said it a couple of times and i would always preface it with like i know it's like the cheesiest and saltiest <laughs> thing to say about work but like most of you know some of them like i still you know hang out with yeah, um, you spent you know, one third of your life of work. Yeah. with them for years. Like you're meant to be close, but I, I, for me, I just don't like when people uh, presume to say they love you like family or have the adopted families because, in my experience, those always fall apart or are nowhere near as sacred as the real love of family. And I can see that is true. I mean, like, I consider you to be, you know, found yeah. family. Fuck yeah, man. You know, it's like if I talk to anybody, like, I would say David's in that category too, um, but I don't talk to him as often as I should, um, as I'd like to. Um, I, de I definitely- Shouts out to David. Fuck David yeah, Blake David. music on Instagram. Um, the <laughs> That's the brotherhood love stuff. And I, yeah. I feel like I have- um, a select group of people such as yourself that falls into that category, such as Sam, uh, such as Alex, whatever. Um, but I, 
I've became increasingly more cautious about that because just like with a relationship, like a romantic relationship going bad, the, the, the amount of like hurt that comes with those things ending poorly can feel devastating. Mm -hmm. That's a weird thing. I feel like for guys to, to speak about with like, um, guy relationships that are like brotherhood shit. Yeah, I think it's I as much as I understand it, I also I think that's a weird cultural thing that's been placed upon dudes in general to to feel that way in general or to, to like feel weird about talking about your feelings yeah, about shit. De- definitely, definitely. I just have had like you know, my my friend Tony, who we talked about, like someone that was my brother leaving me, or like just people that really felt like my brother for years leaving, and that love like being broken is like, oh man, that shit fucking sucks. Like that, yeah. that like changed shit like that changes how you can trust people. And I, it's the same way with uh, like dating. A marriage, divorce, like those things are like hard things to to be able to love again, to be able to heal from that, make new connections. That shit's fucking brutal. Yeah, I think all you know. There's also a lot of like, hmm. There's a lot of the like when you when you have you know hurts like that, it makes it easier to build walls. Yeah. You know, I find that I've I've done that a lot in the past. I build walls and then, you know, for whatever reason, I, you know, um, whether it's a different relationship or otherwise that like, you know, you start to break it down a little bit and let people in. And then, you know, only that like when when it goes away, then like that's part of like the grieving process of like a relationship is like those walls go back up like three times stronger than they were in the first place because you doubt yourself and you feel stupid for like letting people in my, it's my, like fuck like why did i do that i should have listened to myself i knew better you know <laughs> but it, you know I, I what i've what i've also come to find is that the time the time spent with that person even if it ended poorly the time the good time that was spent with that person is is it, it it has to be enough. Yeah. It's not a waste if you enjoy it that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking hard, though. Yeah. I uh, One of my buddies, his thing was always the 10-year rule. Like, outside of romantic relationships, which maybe has, like, half the rule. Like, if you don't know somebody for 10 years, you don't really love them. You don't really know them, and you don't really love them. <laughs> it's like... Uh, I find that more and more true. Yeah. The people that are in my life for longer than 10 years, I fucking love them to death. You know what I mean? If if there was any question, we wouldn't have made it that long. Yeah. Not that you got to wait 10 years to love the person, but it's a good indicator if someone stayed with you one way or another. Yeah. Like At my, least, you know, even if it's not like a, you know, whatever, they're not around you or, you know, you don't, even if you don't call all the time, like right. it's still like you can pick up a phone and talk to them and, or pick up a, you know, whatever and talk to them. And, and it's like, it was just yesterday. 
That's yes. the one thing. It's like, even if I don't talk to David a lot, when I do reach out to him, it's like, did we just talk like, you know, yesterday? Is how it always feels. Yes. Like all the, all the friends, brothers, whatever, like people that I thought were that close. If we didn't make it to 10 years, it wasn't real like that. I remember every time when I was like on my fucking eight year fucking run, anytime, cause we weren't talking all the time. And anytime we'd get right. on the phone, you would always say that like, is like, if we could pick up the phone, it feels like you pick right back up where you were. Like, you yeah. know, you know, you love the person. Yeah. So what about negatives with, um, should we go positive or negative? Like kids or like, uh, breakups? Um, you, you pick. Let's go, uh, let's do some negatives. Okay. And then we'll get to the. <laughs> so of course, I mean, like, because we're already kind of talking about like, you know, when you, when you invest, you know, your time, your, your energy, your love into somebody only to have that. Whether it's, you know, um, broken by something that they did or um, whether it's, you know, just kind of slowly deteriorates, like, it's it, it hurts because, you know, I think it, part of it's also because you, you, you have invested all of this time and energy into it. So it's – that's in that way, it is similar to the, the work thing a little bit. Because, you know, you spent so much time trying to build this up and, and then when it does come down, you know, where they betray your trust in a way that like is irreparable, you know, there's no, there's, it's so hard to forgive because you made yourself so vulnerable. Right. And they took advantage. Yeah, they have a. Uh a substantial someone can have a substantial piece of you or place in your mind that is hard to just like rebuild or heal or whatever i used to think each breakup has taught me a lot but i used to think relationships were so special or like that love was really unique and i've each time i feel so much stronger that love is learned and it I, at first I, I thought that made each relationship less special, right? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't the same or like I can't love the person the same in, in that exact same way, right? Right, right. And I I've, have learned that to be increasingly less true, that I I do feel like it's always a little less special in one way, but I but because I know how to like, learn it with a person now it feels much deeper it's weird i don't know if i'm explaining that well no i i think i understand it's once you you understand love more or you feel more comfortable in your understanding of of what love is yeah you know than when you were you know younger and you're figuring it out and i think that's i think it's the same way for me as i like I said i've always been in longer term relationships so i place a lot of um it's it's just what I prefer, so I place a lot of energy in, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Importance in, um, I already know, bro. You're like you you have to be like the best boyfriend ever. I can see it. I super you're, am. You're on top of shit. I already know. So like having that open communication and having you know a trust and having that, 
is really important. And, you know, like, you know, we've said like people like love differently and they have different experiences. So you have to learn based off, you know, the way that they, you know, were raised by their family or the way, you know, and the way that they love each other and the way that they've loved people in the past and the way that people in the past have loved them. You have to like consider all the angles that they're coming from. I hate the family angle. It's weird. Sometimes it's real fucked up. I, I've always felt that way. It's not about any any family in particular. That's the element that's always the hardest for me. Um, and my my ex girlfriend, um, if anything, like it was immediately after moving up here, I met her, and um, we were together for a couple of years. But the if anything came of it, like I am great friends with their family now. It's like a weird scenario when we broke up. They were like, their mom was like. But awesome. Rich can still come over and hang out, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course. Like, duh. That's cool. It's like, it's, we're not losing him weird. too, right? Right. <laughs> can, I, can I run one by you? Yeah. So this kind of goes with, uh, I feel like I can love better when I don't need a person. Like, in the past, like, needing that relationship made it way way worse it made it more painful when it was over but it made it like really difficult like i don't want to be with someone that needs me and i don't want to need someone that way yeah that that struck a chord in me too like i don't it's like the you know the song i, I want you to want me yeah. thing it's like I, but i the, but i need you to need me thing i don't like that i want you to want me i want you to want me to be around that's what I want. I don't want you to need me. Right. See, I, I not... wanted all my relationships to be like a fucking Eminem song. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an Eminem song too? No, but he, like all his, you know, Kim, all that shit. It's all like abusive okay. relationships <laughs> where you like love the fuck out of the person so much. You're crazy. You know what I mean? I wanted someone to need me like that. And it's like the yeah, worst thing you I, could well, I, re- you know. I realize, especially after um, one of the, the there's like the first really like, abusive relationship I was in, that that needing thing, whether it's actually needing or just a control thing, yeah, um, it's it's not comfortable. It's not right. Like you know, the other one is like you can't like you're not responsible for their happiness, right? Like you, Anyone's. you know. Yeah, exactly. You you know, it's you are responsible for not pissing them off doing something that you know is going to piss them off. But if it's something that's yeah. like, you know, you, you know, if someone you were in a relationship with someone that said like, oh, I don't like that you spend so much time making art. It's like, oh, then this isn't going to work out. Right. You're you know, responsible for for not hurting someone, but you're not yeah. responsible for. Uh, fulfilling them yeah. or making them happy. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I had, uh, you've probably heard this from me in the past at some point, but my last relationship, we were together five years and on our five year anniversary, I fucked up like fucking ugly relapse. And it was like, it was some bad shit, but, um, she left me on, on the anniversary and, that that altered me in ways that I couldn't see were positive uh, at the time, 
but I, what I was the most, this, this sounds probably kind of weird and bitter, but later there was a chance to like, you know, retry things, but I, I didn't want it because as soon, like if I love somebody long-term, whether it's friendship, romantic family, even whatever, if someone betrays me in my mind, like my, one of my, you know, mantras to myself is betrayal is execution. Like if, if, if you fuck me over in a time where like I needed that person, like you're done. Like, and I, I, it was fucking hard with that relationship, but I found so much like, uh, pride or fucking grace, whatever, like in, uh, like standing, uh, to what was true for me. It was like, I I can't, you know, I can't like if, and I think, um, I don't know. I see value in forgiveness. There's different levels. It's not all black and white, but I think, right. Yeah. Forgiveness is for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there are times to forgive someone, whether it's cheating, whatever. I don't know. There's lots of things that sometimes could be forgiven, sometimes they can't. But depending on what you've, like, told yourself to be true for you, if if you don't stick to that, uh, like, moral stance for yourself, I, th- I think it'll eat you up forever. Like, yeah. if I would have gone back on on that i I feel like i would have been miserable yeah yeah no i i agree and there's also there's you know i think that part of that loss of that you know that grieving process of of going through the motions of of you know because the whole point of that is to move forward right yeah so you know finding a cornerstone of something that you can something that like you said like a core value in your in in your own life that you can fall back on that that justifies you and justifies moving forward sure um that's i mean like with my last relationship for me it was you know it's like i'll never i'll never second guess myself again like i'll never you know because there was somewhat so many times that i did that and i you know i i thought that from my previous relationship that was abusive that i was just being like jealous and callous and you know whatever and i um, and I didn't want to be that person, but I still felt right. like something was wrong. And I realized the whole time that like, oh, I, I was right though. I was right to be this. That's was, the worst feeling. Yeah. It's like, you feel like a fool and you know, but it's like, I'll never doubt myself again. That tells me that like my, my core is, is right. And I knew better and I just didn't listen to myself because I had self doubt and yeah. I won't do that again. So are we are we both on the same page in the sense like no matter no matter how bad the negatives are it's understandable to like uh sever an opportunity with love with an individual but not to like you know the the people that are like I can never love again like that shit's Yeah, no that's fucking weird. Stupid, yeah, right? no, that's fucking stupid. I understand the feeling, but it like I I get the I also get the feeling of like when you've been someone that was, you know, a really important person in your, in your life, that's and it and it ends, you know, my my last relationship, even though it, it ended and I felt, you know, like you know, some of the things were were shaky and weird about it and whatever, but it was still one of the most 
it was one of the healthiest relationships I ever had in that way, where it was like we never argued about shit. We never like never once got in an argument over the two and a half years years we were together. Yeah. Um never you know, even the breakup was like super amicable and it made sense and it was like we talked it out kind of thing. Pretty chill. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, is and is you know, but it was still like a really like a, a shake you know like a, a shitty experience but and, yeah. and you know shakes you to the core but um i definitely found myself thinking like i'll never find someone like them again kind of thing and it's like no like i felt that way for like you know a little while and it was like no no, no. you'll be fine shit's gonna move forward yeah yeah it wasn't but it wasn't like i'll never love again it was just like wow that person was really incredible and i'm never gonna find someone like that but i think also in in falling back and realizing that like wow i doubted myself and i shouldn't have that also helped me move forward from that fuck yeah i know when i was younger breakups were like uh i instantly suicidal or like you know, I needed that person at the time, right? And they, they, yeah. In my mind, they betrayed me, fucked me, or whatever. And it's like, man, there's just so many aspects of that are so unhealthy. And then, like, you when you see friends who it's like, it's supposed to be heartbreaking when when something ends, but like to be um, totally hopeless is is I don't know. It sucks to watch somebody go through that because you're like, man, you gotta just fucking stay giant, keep it fucking moving. Like, yeah, I, I know for myself, like at 15 or whatever, I could have been like three moves away from being like a an incel fucking serial killer on the internet, right? Like, it wouldn't have taken that much to to move me over at certain points in time. But it's yeah. like, you know, you you can't give in to to it that much or that sense of loss or heartbreak or whatever you got to keep it fucking moving yeah and i think part of that i I feel the same way that i could have gone that direction but it's like there's a sense of pride i think that i think that's what it is i might be misreading that in myself but i think it's pride or it's a sense of confidence maybe that that pulls me away from that. It's a swagger, bro. That's like yeah, that's a swagger, dog. Man, um, if you that, if you look at our notebooks from high school, both of us, I'm sure, like I don't know if we were that far away from being a monster. Absolute terror, <laughs> absolute terror to, to society. <laughs> and then fucking ten years later, we're making <laughs> raccoon themed podcast. <laughs> So I love that that you you had the uh, the fucking liquid diaries, and I was like, "Fuck, I need to make something like that." <laughs> it's, like, it's so grotesque and shitty. And it's like, "Fuck, I need to be doing shit like this." And <laughs> but I mean, for both, that's a perfect example. Putting like your passion and love, it's different form, same shit though. Putting that energy into making something outside yourself especially for me it's important when it's not a relationship like that's fucking purpose dude like having i don't know i i find purpose in making i always say it to myself my purpose is to make pretty shit like it can be shit it can be pretty it's probably gonna be pretty shit but i have to put that love in into something outside of myself that ideally isn't just another person where i have no purpose yeah it can be pretty, it can be shit, and it can be pretty shit. Yeah. 
a lot a lot of people i think um it it's not it is into another person instead like i think kids are the purpose for a lot of people for for both good and bad i'm not saying it's bad but i think they're right it can be elements of that like you hear people say they only live for their kids or they didn't know i don't i don't get the line like you can't understand love until you've had a kid so, you like, know, and I, I can understand it in a certain way, but I still, I mean, you know, we also don't have kids, but also it's like, it's a different kind of love. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I got two cats. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, I was actually, I was just looking at my cat over here. She's curled up in the corner and she she's awake. She's just looking at me with her head upside down, like, whenever you're done, asshole. Right. But it's so cringe when people are like, no, they really are my kids. <laughs> but this but, this one is, uh, you know, she 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 took care of me the other day when my uh, when I was awesome. like shaking and cold chills and shit. And yeah, the old dope sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, like I've never felt that before. But boy, that was I I feel like that's close to what it what it feels like for me because I was uh, just like, I bet it's pretty comparable. My my it's whole body shit. was just like it's rejecting a thing in, inside of me, and like, <laughs> you know, even this afternoon I got home and I felt like trash because I decided it'd be a smart idea to go to work today. Um, and I got <laughs> text me that I was like, no, <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> it was a terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, I did fine. It was whatever, but I got home and I had to take a nap, and I woke up and my cat was sleeping on me the whole time. It was nice. Um, I, I just think the people that say that about kids there's such a lack of imagination like i get it might be like a purer sense of love than maybe we can experience right but i mean i don't know man it just seems a little little extreme yeah uh, i i like how um tom segura said something about having kids in one of his specials and he's like people say all the time that it's the most selfish selfless thing that you can do is have kids he's like no it's actually the most selfish thing you're right. making a version of yourself you think that the world needs more of you yeah and you want to make it happy and perfectly taken care of it's it yeah. really is i think part of it really is like an evolutionary trick that we you know is ingrained into us to want a piece of ourselves to survive past our lifespan yeah and I, I do think that it can help a lot of people that are like, I'm going to I'm gonna bring this person into the world and I'm going to give them all the things that I wish that I had or all the things that I didn't have. Like, I'm going to make sure that they have those things. Right. You know, like that was one of my, my dad's uh, big things he told me when he was growing up was like his relationship with his dad was really weird and shitty. And, you know, his whole goal, like one of his whole goals was like to make sure that I didn't have that. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, yeah, goofy shit, like, or even like he got into AC when he was a kid, like HVAC, because he, he realized, like, my family should never have to go without air conditioning. That's cool. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, an, you know, the, the, the things that he, you know, uh, put the value on, like, um, giving, giving to me what he didn't have or that he wished he should have had kind of stuff that I, I, you know, I try not to take for granted because, you know, it's just the way, right. the way I was raised. But, right. And I, it works now because, like, there's so much stuff that I'm doing around the house that it's like, oh, I know how to do this because 
like my fucking dad was awesome yeah exactly dude that's what a a dad who like a a real dad who loves his kids does it's like you you try to give them a childhood you didn't have or the life you didn't have and i i think part of that though naturally is like people trying to heal themselves like you do for your kid what you wish wasn't the same for you you know yeah which is awesome and now my dad helps us get our plays on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, he's probably a third of our plays. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think it's, uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think there's something so beautiful or, or altruistic about the idea of adoption. Yeah, uh, I've always liked that idea. Uh, that's what I would want to do. I, I feel like a lot of people in our generation, it, like... I think having a kid could be cool, but it it never has felt like a possibility. You know what I mean? Like shit was has always been too bleak for that to be an option. I feel like a lot of people in our age range feel that way. Yeah, I'm I've always liked the idea of adoption mostly because like there's so many kids that like go through the system and they never get adopted. Like that's so fucked up. And meanwhile, you know, people are you know, having eight nine kids they don't have you know a, a single penny to support any of them see that i i think that's some other wild shit yeah that that's a whole another thing but i'm i'm with you that's uh i don't know you got it but i i think the idea of like uh adopting actually would be like uh inactive pure love more yeah. than not that making your own baby is bad at all, but I, I think there's something I can see an element of um, choosing to love a stranger to have. I don't know. There's something very pure or sacred about that. All that having a kid means is that you are too lazy to pull out. <laughs> when you adopt, when you adopt a kid, it's because you want to share that love with somebody. Of course. <laughs> I, I love I there's a, so there's actually a quote and it was something from I read a long time ago but it it did stick with me and they said something about um the the kid learned they were adopted and they asked what's that what does that mean and they said well that means that my love for you grew in my heart instead of my womb. And I was like mm. oh it's a really sweet way of putting that. I really like that. That is. I like um, that a lot. I mean, and that being said, like, I'm at the age now where it's like most of the girls that I'm interested in are, you know, around our age or whatever. And they're like, they're single moms. There's a lot. Yeah. So, you know. Have you ever dated somebody with the kid? I have not. I have. I'm not against it. Yeah. By any means. I think it would be fun. There's a lot of responsibility. You yeah. gotta, you gotta get someone that's they're they're past the age of diapers, so I don't yeah. have to change no diapers. <laughs> I don't know if I got enough love for that. Yeah, <laughs> for other people's kids, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Fuck, I couldn't even do it for my niece and nephew. Really, right? I think I changed one diaper when I was a kid and I about threw up. <laughs> there, there's definitely good and bad with it. What about um, um. So we got like loving kids, loving other people. What about loving non-human or or things that are physical? And and where's the balance with uh, like the love of physical and non-physical things? Whether that's spiritual or things greater than ourselves or just our our physical world. 
Yeah, I um so of course like, you know, I think a lot of people say like, oh, I love food. It's like that's and that's, a big one. that strikes a chord with me because it's, you know, more than just eating it, but like, you know, the the physical act of like cooking and making things with food is it's an experience. It's yeah, and it's for me like this is my, that's my bread and butter, literally. That's my that's my career. You know, that's my my best skill I think is my ability to do that. Um, and to cater to someone's, you know, allergies and needs and stuff and what their tastes and what they look for. Like, I'm really good at that. So I think, um, you know, if food is definitely, it's gotta be at the top of most people's list of like non-human things that they love. Yeah. Um, same with like drugs beats it. (laughs) I can see that too. (laughs) That's fair. Dude, if I had a f- goddamn pain pill right now, yeah, I can see that in this moment because I, I definitely can't eat. Dude, I stopped on the way home and I got – I couldn't think of anything that I actually wanted to eat. Nothing tasted – nothing sounded good, but I hadn't eaten in like 24 hours and I was like, I need to eat something. I need to get some kind of food into my system. You're basically dope sick, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing sounded good and I was like, all right, what can I put down no matter what every single time? And it was bread like, and butter. It's like pizza and Taco Bell. I didn't want to have to make anything or like do any work for it. So I was like, all right. So I, I wasn't gonna like I wasn't patient enough to like wait for pizza. Um so I went to Taco Bell and I got oh, it. I brought it with, home. With and, kidney stones, you're eating Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, trash, baby. And I had I had a couple bites and I had to put it away because I just couldn't do it. Um, so I'm still running on like nothing right now. I got just water and shit in me. I'm starting to finally, and I had, I did have some pineapple earlier that helped, but how did I get to talking about this? So aside from Taco Bell, it's (laughs) physical (laughs) things. And then like, uh, spiritual or outside of ourselves or the physical realm. Oh yeah. So like, even like concepts and ideas and stuff, like when we talk about skipping the physical, (laughs) Well, I mean, the physical... You got Taco Bell. That's all you need. Yeah, Taco Bell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I do consider consider myself somewhat materialistic because there are certain things that, like, I buy myself. And that's, you know, one of my forms of self-love. I don't think that's, like, one of my ways that I communicate love with other people is, like, through gifts at all. Um, but, like, for myself... Um, like that retail therapy shit like really works for me. Like if I work really hard, so I feel like if there's something that I want, I should have it. If I can afford it, I should have it. It's my husband. So like that's why I have, you know, a dual monitor set up, even if it doesn't work <laughs> the way I want it to, you know, and I have, you know, like I go out and like I'll buy shit for myself because I know that it'll bring me some kind of happiness to have it. Or, you know, even like, you know, I had um, a towel rack in the bathroom, but I didn't like it, so I got a new one. And it's like, it's stupid shit like that that's like, it's as for, just for the aesthetic of it. Well, also, it was like on the opposite side of the bathroom than the shower was, and that was extremely inconvenient. So it, went, d- it wouldn't fit on the wall closer, so I had to get a shorter one anyways, but... I do see that with you. You're, you're a bit of a... a- there's another word for it, but I believe people also just call it a, a physicalist. Yeah, and it's like I, it's I, I mean, I like having nice shit for myself, mostly because I feel like I work hard for it. So yeah, There's nothing you wrong know. with it. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm not big on it myself, though. I, I like small things, but I typically like spending my money on things that make me feel something. I am mm-hmm. a drug addict. But, like, in general, like, uh, fucking candy or, like, uh, more experience-based things than physical things. And some of that might just be, like, survival mechanisms, like, Oh, I'm I'm too. Uh, I want to be free of the material world and all my baggage because I didn't have money for it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do like the feeling. Like I don't like owning a lot of things. It makes me feel anxious. That I mean, that also can be a thing. I've always liked the idea of like um um. I forget the quote, but it was something like, "If you own a dresser and a doormat, you own too many things." Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, like that's because I I like the minimalism thing. I like the idea of also being able to just like pick up and dip. That's but my lifestyle so doesn't fit that. So it's starting to change for me too. But I, I I see the importance of having some of those things to give like um like a route to the the real material world, but I I like a lot of the, the freedom from the things too. I think there everyone has their own like healthy balance or relationship of like how much love they should have for the physical realm. <laughs> right. What about uh, I know you're. I think I knew where you're going with ideas. I don't. I think for most people, it's things such as religion or God or. Or a thing greater than themselves, they have this love yeah. that they f- they fill, they give themselves purpose with, or put into this other thing. Um, but for you, I see it as more ideas. Yeah the the whole like when we get when we talk about like black holes and like string theory and stuff like that, it's like yeah. I don't know the fucking math. You no. know, like that's the that's the main that in my my high school grades are the you know the two things holding me back from theoretical physics is like i just <laughs> i don't like math that much yeah um you know so i but i i really enjoy um just the concept of talking about things that we don't quite understand and like trying to find balance in it and like the concept of like what it means to be alive and like what if there is other shit out there is it scarier if there isn't other shit out there like shit like that that makes like those kind of conversations i really can i treasure that can i ask an exploratory question sure because i don't know how i feel about it with myself so i'm definitely not being shitty but um what do you think of the idea of like do you like those ideas because it is a form of entertainment in the sense like you're um like loving yourself like it's almost like you're you're stimulating your own mind it's a way to like make yourself feel good about those ideas or is it is something like i feel like with god it's something um religious people really pour into this external thing even though it, it has the same effect like you feel better about yourself it entertains your mind it's all like a masturbatory in a way yeah um i can see it being a little bit of both i I think mostly the first one and mostly just a a thing that's for you know me because i enjoy it it makes me feel good to talk about kind of thing it makes me i I enjoy that conversation so it's 
Yes. Yeah, it's fun for me to talk about. But the I think it's also a little bit of the second one where it's instead of a feeling like you're a part of something, more like a detachment from everything, like a like I've always found solace in the idea that we're just, you know, like the equivalent of what happens, uh, you know, when mold grows on bread or something. And it's like, it's, it's the same thing. We're just on a rock in space. Right. You know, and it's, we're, you know, we're such a small and insignificant thing. But like that, for some reason, that, that brings me great comfort um, in that detachment from like, the so, the meaning of I've always found it what it means to me is that like the the purpose of my actions is all my own. So like it's the free will stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like if if all we are is, you know, the fucking dust in the wind, man, then you know, when I choose to do something for people or when they choose to do something for me or for myself or whatever, like it's it means more. Because if none of none of this matters and it's all small and insignificant, then the relationships and the things that you do build and um, you know hold on to hold more importance. Yeah, we're just uh, the the ashes of angels. Let me let me um, in a turtle soup. Let me just throw this at you before we move on to language stuff. So like. I was going to ask you, why do we love those ideas? Like, it, it, for me, like, I'm listening to all these podcasts all fucking day, 10 hours a day, whatever, of, like, political shit, primarily philosophy, art stuff, and, like, I, I genuinely love it. Like, it um, makes me feel good. I enjoy it. It's entertainment, but I'm, I wanted to ask you, like, why do you love those ideas? And... When I'm thinking about it for myself, it feels like I love it just not because I love the idea so much, but because it feels good for me to think about. And I don't think that's bad, but it is there something external about it? Or is it all just internal like ways to like feel good about ourselves or entertain? I, I don't know. I, I do think some of it's masturbatory in the way that it's like, it makes you feel smarter, maybe that yeah, you listen to that kind of stuff, and because I definitely thought that, yeah. yeah. But it's and I and I feel like it's also something of the you know of of religion thing, where like you're finding, you know, especially with like the string theory stuff, like finding how the world works, and finding you know how everything is, how everything you know how the universe works, and everything like that. Like there's a, I think a comfort in finding even if it's just you look at it as ideas that can be used to you know describe it it's still comforting you know especially if nothing else that's been presented fits your your comfort you know fits your your view you know like religion didn't do it for me mm. so when something when you know people come along and they say oh well check this idea out it's like oh that really resonates with me you know you find a comfort in that that is i mean it's for you you know it's it's uh so i think it is a lot of selfishness to it 
That's what I'm starting to think. Like one of uh, Sarah's friends that we, we play some games with, uh, he knows we podcast and that I like weird ideas and shit. So he had like uh, wrote down the, the name of this theory he was excited about. And he's was like, a time cube. <laughs> I actually forget the name. It was the idea that the universe is uh, a selfish child. Like it, the, that God the creator of the universe isn't the father it's a selfish child and it, it it was more complex but that was the analogy but um he wrote wrote it down for me and he's like he, he was excited to give it to me because he's like he knew i would be excited about it because i love those type of weird things and um you know i looked it up i enjoyed it but it's a total contradiction to our physical world. Like if you're a physicalist or whatever, like the importance is on the material world and like the reality we're in. It's not all the simulation is garbage, right? It's about our, our true genuine physical experience. And um, the idea stuff is primarily what I'm interested outside of like, making things and i think it's what we're both interested in in a lot of ways but it is kind of like um it's just kind of like abstract bullshit to make ourselves feel happy like there, there's yeah. no like we learn things i guess it depends i guess in a way you learn things about your real world right like yeah it depends on yeah. what you, you you're discovering but in a lot of ways the the really weird stuff that's really exciting it's all kind of just for fun in a way like it doesn't have practical uh effect on our experience yeah um i think even in, in like the concept of like different utility work mm-hmm. there's a lot of of that that i find with that it's like there's the pleasure of learning how a thing works and it's like something that is is so common and such a regular thing but like like uh, like electricity Mm-hmm. Like learning to do electrical work, like I don't know that fucking much about it, but my dad got me a you know a little electric you know like electronics learning lab kind of thing when I was young, and I never really got like you know way into it. You know, I didn't like make a radio or whatever, but we made um, you know you, you can set up different you know uh, wires to make a circuit to like turn on lights, and like then the set up so like it turns on a light when you press a button, and then mm. you set up so like it turns on a uh, light and a sound when you press a button and, you know, different shit. And it's like understanding how that works and like how that routes is like, I think it's, I, I, I would correlate it with that too, because it's like a literally you're, you're learning the way a thing works in our, in our physical world. And that's, and I think that's like, like you were saying, like it's with the, it's the love of knowledge. Yeah. Right? And it's like the even like the string theory stuff, like when it it's like this works on what we understand about the world. Like this is observable science that we can look at. Like not so much the the strings thing, but like we we can look at this and we can see how this could work like this. We can do the math and it makes sense. And it's like, oh, that's really impressive. That's really cool. Yeah, you know, you can't do that with religion. It doesn't work that way. It's based on faith. It informs some people how to react in their material world, but uh, it's what, just, religion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, 
actually get very concrete things out of it. But I I find the ideas so much more important. But I, I think your point is it's all about how you utilize the idea of it to discover its true value, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dope. Languages? Languages. So the five love languages. Um, So there's a book called The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. Uh, It's from 1992. It's a book by Gary Chapman. Our boy Uh, Gary. Man, I think it's Dr. Gary Chapman. Dr. Gary Chapman. He's a fellow doctor. Fellow doctor. (laughs) I thought this shit was like super cheesy when I first heard it. And then it's like, I don't know, maybe... It's just like a, a wisdom thing. Like there, there's some true value in understanding this yeah. about people you love. I think it's important to quantify some things that make sense, and especially in something that is hard to um, put labels on, like love. You know, yeah. when you're able to kind of break break it down a little bit, and it's still considered. You know, it's these are general ways that romantic partners express and experience love. Um, he calls them the love languages. Um, that's, so the five of them are words of affirmation, quality time, giving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And if you do all five at once, you become a fucking god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, the gift-giving people, it's a little selfish. A little selfish? little so I like gifts. I like giving gifts, but the people that are like... Oh, he doesn't give me anything. He doesn't love me. No, or that they, their only way, not only way, but primary way to express love to other people is gift giving. It's, uh, maybe they're trying their best. I get it. Like that, that definitely is the case for some people. Well, I think a lot of times it's, it's the most impersonal way you can show someone love unless it's really, you know, I think so a little bit. Not um, all the time, but if the people I, that are hyper focused, yeah. See, I felt that until I met um, my ex's mom, and she's very much a gift person. Mm. Like she, like even after we broke up, it was like my birthday, and they wanted to take me out to dinner, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure, we'll do that." And then we went out to dinner, and they were. You know, uh, we went back to their house and I was getting about to go to my car and they're like, you got to come inside. We have presents for you. I'm like, why do you have presents for me? <laughs> they're like, don't act like you didn't expect them. It's like, I didn't. I, did I not super expect didn't them. at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was surprised you guys even wanted to go out in the first place. <laughs> I, I, I just think, I think that's a very sweet example, but I just think yeah. the people that can express their love, so they have to use money. I think that's when it's problematic. Yeah. I mean, and there also is like handmade things. Like I love yeah, a handmade. It's awesome. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Or like um, true thought into it. But when people yeah, just exactly. have to like, I'm going to spend as much money without any thought on something because it's the only way to show someone I care. Yeah. That's when it gets like toxic. This woman got mad at me because she was asking me what I wanted for my birthday, and I was like, um, I don't know. It's like some more paint. For my apartment, and she was like, "I'm not getting you paint for your birthday." Like, it was like I like a want, Home though. Depot gift card or something. Like this is what I want. Like I buy things for myself that I want. Right. So I don't really want for much. <laughs> um. Anyways, the um. So the book can, uh, has a bunch of examples from his counseling practice, from Dr. Gary Chapman's counseling practice, um, as as well as questions to help determine one's own love languages. 
According to Chapman's theory, each person has one primary and one secondary love language. And I think of course, a- that doesn't mean that you don't experience or, or appreciate the other ones. I, I think that's a bullshit claim in the sense like that might very well be typically true. But I mean, he has no evidence to support that claim. It's yeah. different for everyone, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know what Chapman was thinking. We're going to have a long talk if he wants to keep his license. (laughs) (laughs) Call the board after this. We have to tag him on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Chapman suggests uh, that to discover another person's love language, uh, one must observe the way they express love to others and analyze what they complain about most often and what they request from their significant other most often. He -hmm. theorizes that People tend to naturally give love in a way um, that they prefer to receive love, and better communication between couples can be accomplished when one can demonstrate caring to the other person uh, in the love language the recipient understands. An example would be if a husband's love language is acts of service. He may be confused when he does the laundry and she doesn't perceive that as an act of love. Viewing it as simply performing household duties because the love language she comprehends is words of affirmation, which is verbal uh, affirmation that he loves her. She may try to use what uh, what she values, the words of affirmation, to express her love to him, which he would not value as much as she does. If she understands his love language and mows the lawn for him, he perceives it in his love language as an act of expressing her love for him. Otherwise, if he tells her he loves her, she values that an act as an act of love. Um, and there were, I don't know who these people are, but I also saw in this article that Egbert and Polk, whoever the fuck Egbert and Polk are, um, in 2006 suggests that the five love languages thing uh, might have some degree of psychometric validity. So like well, it's, it's come kind of back full circle where they're talking about like there's something to be... There's something. I'm glad yeah. Porky Pig and Egbert agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, the trash cats agree too, you stupid fucks. I I think I think there's the importance of knowing what the person you love, whether it's friend, family, whatever, knowing how to express that love to them and what you can most easily receive is very important. Now, if I were to ask you, like, not to pick just one or two, how about if I ask you to rank these as most important to least important to you? Definitely, physical touch is probably the most important for me. That that uh, that hardcore love, (laughs) (laughs) physical touch. But for real, like even the small shit. That's maybe that's exclusive to romantic. But physical touch and words of affirmation, um, quality time could probably be second to just kind of depends on the dynamic of that relationship. Like if, if I care about somebody and they don't give me any other time, I understand being busy. I understand all that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I don't ever want to be super needy, but if, if, if it's hard to, to, to get, to be around a person you care about, they don't want to be around you that much right. or they're really struggling. It's one yeah. of the two. Um, so definitely physical touch first, words of affirmation and quality time could tie for a second. And then uh, acts of service, giving gifts is, 
I mean, it depends on the gift. It can be super important, but as a general thing, that's way lower on yeah. the list for me. I, I think I, I mostly agree with that. I feel like the, the physical touch and words of affirmation are kind of tied for one for me. Yeah. Um, but in the, the same quality time and acts of service than giving gifts afterward. Like, I don't need to hear uh, that someone loves me all the time, but like, I always tell, you know, family girlfriend and friends at pretty much any time i talk to my friend i want to say that at some point yeah i don't know you just never fucking know when it's so cheesy but you never know when's the last time you get to express something to somebody right and and there well there's that part of it and there's also part of it where like if um like i spent some time in a relationship where they wanted to keep it like secret from people yeah and that was really weird yeah um and I, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. There's extenuating circumstances for minimal amounts of time, but anything non-extenuating or prolonged is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. When it's, you know, a couple of years in and then there are people that they work with every day that have no idea that they're in a relationship. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is weird. Um, yeah. I, you know. I don't know. Physical touch sounds, it's hard to talk about as I think for anyone really, but I feel like as a guy, it's hard to express how important it is without sounding like, like scummy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like, I feel like most guys, not all, but it's like, it's how, it's how I both connect and like have fun with a partner. Like, right. Yeah. I, I like to think of it as the fun part and like it just it's how I most efficiently feel it. And it's like uh And it's like it's not it doesn't even mean like sex, you know. Right. Just feeling close. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's um, important. And of course and, and sex is, you know, I feel like that's also a, a really important part of a relationship. Holding um, hands, aka hand fucking. Hand fucking <laughs> I gotta be hand fucking on the regular. <laughs> kind of slip in that little that little middle digit and kind of tickle their palm. Oh yeah. T. I I don't like public affection stuff though. Is really? that weird? I'm not a I'm not against like uh, casual like holding hands a little bit, but I don't want to walk a mile holding anyone's sweaty palm, and I don't want to make out like uh, I don't know at the park. You know, like oh, I'm, I'm down with that. When I was younger, yeah, but I, I don't know. I just don't like. I don't care if other people are, but I just it doesn't doesn't do anything for me. I'll put it that yeah. way. I just want to lay like. Um, Sarah went to some fucking show, and I was like, I'm cool. And like the next night, we were just chilling. I got pistachio ice cream, and we watched some stupid show. Just laying around in her pajamas i'm like this is the perfect date for me yeah yeah like, no I, yeah i get that didn't i absolutely need, get that didn't need sex didn't need a show whatever just like just want to be able to, to like touch you and like feel close and spending time chill. in in your personal space yeah. with each other just being comfortable to be yourself yeah that, that's where it's at for me i agreed <sighs> boy, we're boy, getting boy. there this was fun though. I don't know. Yeah, we don't get to talk about this shit much. Yeah. Um, so there, we did find. Um, I think 
was it on recording that you were asking me about this or was this a completely different conversation the philia and phobia thing uh it was on the phone oh, okay but so i do record was- all of our phone calls just <laughs> bob ross's enemies <laughs> I haven't figured out what I'm going to do with them yet, but it's all on a hard drive. <laughs> you just have tons of hard drives. Some of it's all, and you're recording it with Audacity, so it saves the, the like if I, 10 gigabyte files. <laughs> and if I miss the recording, I just freedom of information request the NSA, and they, they give me the phone call every time. <laughs> So there's the um, we were looking at uh, you'd asked about the 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 root kind of thing of philia and phobia. Um, so of course philia is usually translated as friendship or affection. Uh, the opposite is called uh, is is a phobia, and so apparently that there that is a root that's common. See, I I had it mixed up because I know phobia is fear, and I I thought it was like a common thing that philia was love. Right, like I feel like most of the time when you hear uh, people talks about different types of philia, it's normally a negative one, whatever. But like most of the time you hear, yeah, most of the time you hear philia, it's like you think love or attraction of sorts. Yeah, and we were on the phone, and I kind of thought it was an interesting analogy that philia actually is more directly translated as friendship or affection and not like love in the greek sense yes but of course what we are a society has turned it into right that's different. the analogy yeah <laughs> just interesting yeah i also thought this was kind of an interesting topic uh aromanticism yeah i don't know about it it's i don't mm-hmm. either I, I really don't know much about it and it's one of those things that I, I find very interesting, um, but it's, you know, uh, it's I think it's, it's harder to relate to because it's, like, asexual, I can almost understand more, yeah. um, but aromanticism for people that don't know, um, it's people that um, either uh, are not interested in or they, they avoid a, uh, a romantic relationship with somebody. And that, that not meaning, you know, they're not, by definition, not asexual. Um, they just don't seek romance out of the relationship. Because you could be, I mean, it's an extreme example, but you could be hypersexual and aromantic. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think part of that is, I, I wouldn't go as far to say it's, not real i think some people could come by that genuinely but i just feel like the the people in my life that i've seen experience that that are just closed off to the possibilities of romance or love i think it's something people do to protect themselves from vulnerability or just the negative aspects of those things um yeah that i can see that making sense and, you know, love fucking hurts. I think a lot of people, I see how it could be very easy to be turned off um, by the whole idea of both love and romance. And especially when you have, like, the really heavy things like abuse or whatever. It To me, it just makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I think it can be kind of a tell. But I, I also think some people might just be so inclined to not 
uh, have much value on romance or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The different mindset, different, like you said, different, uh, um, core value set. Yeah. Priority with it. Yeah. Has, uh, did you want to speak any more on that or? Um, like the, the negative aspects of love. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I, I mentioned earlier, I was like in a, in a, in a, an abusive relationship kind of situation and it was mostly like gaslighting and shitty stuff like that. Um, and um, it was more like I was paying some of this girl's bills and buying her groceries. Um, and then I'd give her like money to buy groceries and then she'd go spend it all on weed and yeah. beer and shit. And it was like, this isn't what I was giving you money for. Like, whatever. If you're happy, then, you know, whatever. <laughs> so it worked. That sounds terrible. It did. It was fucking terrible. I mean, also, I was young. I was, you know. I said it sounds terrible, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Because when you're in a relationship like that, it's hard to see the bad in a person or to to see the manipulations or whatever. Yeah. And then afterward, um, I was, it was actually after I, we, we ended that relationship is when I found the, uh, I picked up the satanic Bible for the first time. And there's a whole (laughs) section of, uh, the psychic vampires thing. Oh yeah. And that's exactly what it was. It was just, uh, leeching off of me, you know, telling me the things I want to hear giving me the things that I want and then return just completely using me and, and gaslighting me and shit. It was real fucked up. I um, feel like half of all Satanists found the Satanic Bible the week of a breakup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that there, you know, part of the not forgiving, not forgetting is, you know, the, the Satanic Bible, like somebody slaps you across the face, you burn down their house kind of. Yeah. The vengeance vibe, which is, it's dangerous in a in a sense, but I also tend to feel at, at least feel that way, and yeah. I think it's it I doesn't have to be literal either, right? And I I definitely have had um, relationships that involved abuse, but I think it's really tricky and hard as a guy to. And, and it, I'm definitely not taking away from anyone else being able to speak about it. I just feel like it's kind of hard as a guy to speak about that unless it is like ultra physical. Like yeah. if it's yeah. if it's mostly or completely non physical, just like uh, abusive dynamics or whatever, or like uh, verbal. It's it's really hard to speak about. I don't know, and I, I can't imagine. It just sounds like it would be so hard from any. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I can't say it. It only got physical, really once. Um, I was driving and she was like, "Dude, this was actually this Grab is a, this, wheel this shit. is a yeah." Um, I've th- had that. This yeah. is a this is actually a really funny fucking story, um, in hindsight. So. Uh-oh. We, so, it's like we're getting canceled. <laughs> no, it's really funny. Um, we So we go to Walmart. And the entire reason we were at Walmart was to pick up a case of beer for the weekend. Sure. Um, and 
we get there and she doesn't have her ID and the, we had issues there where like, because, you know, if, if both people didn't have their ID, they wouldn't sell it or whatever. Um, cause there's a huge underage drinking problem down there. Um, so they, she left and she went out the, the, the garden to the garden area. And she, she said, she'd meet me there and I would go out and like walk around the front with, you know, with the beer. So I did. And I get to the garden section and I don't see her anywhere. She's not near the door or anything. And I parked around the back of the building or on the side. So I walk over to the side cause I didn't see her. And I thought, well, maybe she just walked out to the car. She wasn't there either. So I pulled back around to the front. Still don't see her anywhere. I go down to the end and I turn around so I can pull up to the curb. And at least I know like she's in that area. So I, I turn around so she can get in on the passenger side. Mm-hmm. We get in the car and uh, or she gets in the car and she was like saying shit like, I can't even believe you went all the way around there. I told you I was going to be there. I was like, oh, oh you, you no. weren't there. So I just got the car and I came back for you. The, it's, it's not, you know, in my head, I'm like, this is, it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, but she kept saying like, like, you just don't have any common sense. You just don't think about shit. Oh, and yeah. it's like, and every time that I would try to just like explain like in a sentence, like, hey, I did this because it made sense for these reasons. She would keep saying shit like. Well, you're just, you don't think about shit. You just, you know, whatever. You don't have common sense. I don't know. I don't know why, how you get away with, you know, doing shit like this or like a bunch of like really weird shit that she would say. And eventually I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Like, let me tell you. And she was like, oh no, you can't talk to me that way. And she started clawing at my face and like gripping the wheel. And it's like, yo, like you can't fuck it. So I pulled over to the side and she got out and like ran out of the car into someone's like backyard. And and what I should have done then is just gone home with my beer. Um, But instead what I did was drove up to her house, uh, which was like a couple, you know, uh, like a, not even a block away. It was just, you know, around the corner. And I, I, get out of the car and I walk down and I find her and she's like not speaking to me. And I went up there and I waited and she got there and I, I put the beer in her fridge and I said, I'm going to go home now. And then I, like I waited for her to get home and made sure she was like back inside of her house or whatever. And, yeah, and then I left. Safe. Yeah. And it was like within yeah. like a couple weeks after that, that I, that I had to call it like, this ain't fucking happening. Yeah. But it, it wasn't until then that I, I could even see all the, the shit, and it wasn't even until like you know weeks and months later that I'm actually putting together in my head like, oh wow, this is all like serious manipulation shit. So bad. I've I'm not going to speak in detail, but I've had to defend myself twice, and uh, both of those times were in a moving vehicle, and it's like you you literally would have killed us, like. And it sucks because the the power dynamic is so shifted in the man's favor that it, it's really hard to like to to know how to handle those kind of situations. But yeah. it goes it goes back to like 
like communication and setting boundaries with those things. And I also like, like you said, it might've taken you a little time, but it's like, once you know that you want nothing to do with that kind of relationship, like you have to just like stay far fucking away from it. Right. It's, it's so toxic. It's so draining. Um, yeah, that shit fucking sucks. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't hit her. Yeah, we have to cut all that. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I think we might. I don't think so at all. Oh, you can if you want to, but. Uh, I don't want to, but I feel like we might have to. No, man. It's, it's real shit that happened to us. And it's not. We're not saying like, oh, I, you know. I go out on Friday so I can find me a woman to hit by Sunday, you know. It sucks though, because there's dudes like that that like yeah, so they're absolute monsters and they're garbage. So like on some all right, if we're gonna do it, let's let's do it. So if on some real shit, like there's so many dudes that do shit like that or like fucked up shit in in the name of love, right? So like if you're not that way or you you do genuinely love someone like when shit gets like that fucked up like it's really fucking hard to defend yourself when the power dynamic is in your favor like that's it gets sketchy like even talking about it my instant reaction is like shut it down you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but like if you have a, a chick punch you in the face and grab the wheel while you're driving. Like if you don't physically do something, you're going to go off the side of the highway. Yeah. You, know you, what I mean? you could like, die. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, that's, that's, you know, attempted murder. But if you, if you get pulled over during that, it's, it's probably you going to jail. I mean, yeah. Sometimes you'll get somebody who can be impartial or like try to, to suss it out or to, put it on both parties but a lot of times you're just fucked yeah like uh, that's scary yeah yeah there's isn't it like there's a bunch of like loop like like not loopholes there's like not a lot of clean ends and like domestic abuse there's not and i'll preface it with most of the time it should be in the woman's favor those domestic abuse family court type shit most of the time it should be in the woman's favor but when it's not, it, there's a major bias by the courts to still side on the woman mm-hmm. side. So it gets it gets really fucking sketchy. Like yeah. if you if you really were, it's tricky to say like good, but you know, it's just fucking hard. <laughs> I was gonna try to loop this back into something. Um, I'll do this here because you're probably going to be cutting out some of these, these breaks. You know, I believe in equality, you know, I don't care who you are and what gender you are. I got hands for you no matter what. <laughs> That's, uh, you know how Hillary Clinton said your, uh, public opinion and your private opinion. <laughs> Did you say that? Uh, yeah. She, she would like, you know, publicly endorse things that privately she wouldn't, right? Like you have your political platform that you're um trying to get elected for right and even if you don't believe in it that's what you're you say you're going to enact right yeah but you might have your own private beliefs and i think uh doesn't matter who the fuck they are if 
if they're a threat, it's all there is a, a responsibility of power. Yeah. Like if you're a world class jujitsu fighter or MMA dude or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it, obviously, if if they seem like they're you know if it's a weaker person or a smaller person, if I can like hold them or have them like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Is like yeah, restrained yeah. something like so they're not fucking hitting me. That's much better. That's what I was trying to go for. Yeah. So like. I know for me, like those intense relationships are something I'm far less interested that it has changed with age. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot of people that like, they, they want that chaos. Like it fills the void of yeah. all this other shit. And they, yeah. they feel like, they feel like Eminem in one of his songs, like they, they want to love someone of, someone enough to hurt them or themselves and do you think not to sound like some freud shit here but do you think that has something to do with like their upbringing and like their own like i feel like do you see some of that with like people that had like shitty home relationships the i mean shitty home relationships is like the biggest indicator of every crime statistic ever it's it's Unfortunately, I think it's it. You just can't deny that's a factor. Like yeah. we mirror the behavior we see as as children. Um, but I, I think even more than that alone, I think as a general thing, um, I like walking down your hallway with all the people. I think for most people, the idea is to find purpose in walking down that hallway with someone like that yeah. the journey with someone having someone to love is a purpose to fill ourselves with right and i i don't think that's i think most of the time that's probably not good and i see how people lose themselves very easily as i've lost myself in that yeah you're i, I think there's a fine line be- between finding someone to spend spend the time with because you know you can't it's you can't go lonely that's not right either you can it's just so it's it's also unhealthy. it's also unhealthy yeah um but finding like the one like a uh, you know a, a romantic relationship other person that can that you want to be there yeah the the creating a codependency thing is is hard well, codepend- i think of codependency with the the connotation that is almost always negative yeah i i yeah. think i think having someone you love to to go on the journey with you is extremely valuable though yeah agreed I, I think I just what I mean is like I guess it's a it's a fine line between having someone that you can't live without versus having someone that you say that you can't live without. Yeah. Or that you don't want to live without. Right. Yeah. It's in the same way that it is a thin line between John Wick and John McAfee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now do you think um 
do you believe people can be unlovable? No. Like that some people can't. It's kind of like the some people aren't meant for this world thing. Like do you think some people are are meant to be alone or incapable of being loved? No, if fucking Smiling Bob can find a woman he loves and she loves him too, then it's my, yeah. my boy Smiling Bob. Um, I, I, I always like the line, there's a lid for every pot. Yeah. No matter how fucking weird, how ugly, how stupid you are, there is someone out there. I, I really believe that. I think I do think there can be exceptions, but they're very few and far between. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. We need to find... It should be a social experiment. Get the hottest person on, on the planet and the ugliest person on the planet. Then, and do the 90-day fiancé thing with them. <laughs> they've, they've done some really cool um, experiments on love with, with pheromones. Where, like... They have. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just re- realized the implications of what I of what I said. Imagine, yeah, it was pretty bad. Imagine being picked as the ugliest person the ugliest on the planet. Person. There's so many <laughs> out of everyone on the planet. We've determined that you are the ugliest person. <laughs> you have been voted. But they've done these studies where, like, you smell, and it's uh just like a handkerchief, right, that the person kept on their body. All yeah, day. yeah, and the the chance that uh you can find love just purely based on scent, the scent of their pheromones there there really is definitely something uh biological and non-intellectual right like we, yeah. we're not love is definitely not always with with our brain yeah it's it's not about logic yeah, it's one of the weird places. I think logical people struggle with that the most because it's something yeah. you have to like let go of a lot of like internal thought and go with the feels. Yeah, it's you're you're putting your when you're making yourself vulnerable, you're and, and you're putting trust into someone else. You you're acting on faith. Yeah, it's a dirty word. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know is. about I don't know about you. I feel like uh, I've been vulnerable enough. I'm ready to rebuild these walls. Yep, what's, what's <laughs> building back up? And of course, obviously, it goes without saying. Um, love is love, regardless of your gender, gender identity, or norms or orientation. Be who you want to be. Do what you want to love, or do what you love. Fuck the rest. Do whatever the fuck you want. Love whoever you want. Yeah. And break shit and fuck on the floor. Goddamn right. One of my buddies is uh his house parties every time we'd make like a flyer for these stupid drug parties, the all the flyers said break shit and fuck on the floor. It's, and that stayed it's beautiful. With me. It's beautiful. I love the sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thank you to Approaching Human for the use of his music. You can find his work on SoundCloud at Approaching-Human. Thanks, John. Finish the album. Finish that shit. Yes. Make sure to check the show page at Trash Cats Trashcast on Instagram for news and arts from the show. And Facebook for the memes. Oh, yeah. If, Facebook it, for the memes. Yep. If you're super bored, you can check out my trashy art on Instagram at SKYZICX. I just put something new up there that was pretty cool. Um, and shouts out to no one else because we didn't do honorable mentions, but next week we will have them. 
at the end of the episode. And uh, tune in next Wednesday for our episode on something very entertaining yes. and brilliant and beautiful. Great, the greatest <laughs> podcast that ever was. The best. That's going to be all for us today. Stay classy. Eat trashy. Go fast, eat trash. That was fun. That was fun. That was a good episode. That felt good. Yeah, I and I think we can figure something out with the end. I do think yeah, I'm gonna have I, to cut I, something. Yeah, I figured that's gonna be. I trust your but judgment. We'll navigate. I think I, we just have to tell <laughs> the stories, not the story, the actual story, but our narrative there very carefully. Yeah, because. I think even though I believe we're fully in the right to equally equality in uh, self-defense in that sense, I feel like that alone is enough right now with how things are. I don't necessarily think with our current listeners, because it's only like, 14 people (laughs) but if it it ever picked up and yeah i i mean it's not like we said like we we happily beat our partners i think even i think like a bigger podcaster right they have a level of protection with their audience but i think when you're smaller, I think even uh, like joking that it shouldn't be that way, I think can be enough. I don't know. It will depend on how it sounds because it might not sound bad, but it, I could very, very easily see someone not knowing us hearing just uh, either of our stories being like, this isn't cool. That's fair. Yeah. I don't want it to be that way, though, because I don't yeah, want no, it. I, I, I trust your judgment, whatever. You cut yeah. out or leave in or... We'll see, because I think, I think it's all valid stuff. Like, I, yeah. I do feel strong that way, and I don't want to, like, uh, devalue our experience at all. But I also see um, value in protecting ourselves. Right. So, I don't know. I'll run it by you either way. All right. How about that? Uh, You ready to hit stop? Yeah.